Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, The Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. All right, I've got an episode that you're going to love if you're a personal injury paralegal or if you're thinking about switching from your current practice area to personal injury. And I've put together a special PDF for you that actually has two bonus steps in it. You can get a copy of it on the show notes page or on the episode page. Even if you don't want the two bonus steps, I thought a PDF would be nice because there's a lot of information I'm going to pass along in today's episode. And especially if you're driving or you're out on a walk, you're probably not going to be taking notes. Also, quick announcement, our personal injury paralegal boot camp, which is one of our most popular courses, only second really to the litigation boot camp, I've been redoing the whole course for the past month or so. The updated version is going to be open for enrollment at the end of the month, actually on October 23rd. So if you want to be the first to get in and also get some early bird bonuses, go to personalinjuryparalegalbootcamp.com and get on the wait list. All right, let's start with our six steps. Step number one, learn anatomy and medicine. A very big part of your job as a personal injury paralegal is going to involve medical records. Requesting them, receiving them, reviewing them, organizing them, summarizing them. Because of that, one big step, I'd actually even call this a mandatory step, is to learn the basics of anatomy and medicine. Let me give you some ways that you can learn that without having to go to medical school or nursing school. One, you could grab a medical school study guide or a guidebook on anatomy or physiology. Some of them maybe would be for dummies, you know, there's for dummies series, but they've also got a demystified series that is specific to anatomy and drawings. Read those books and tab the important parts so that you can easily go back to them. And the important parts are going to be the ones that are typical in your particular practice. For example, if you're doing medical malpractice and a lot of them are surgeries that involve maybe heart surgery or brain surgery or something, then the tabs that you have and the important parts are going to be different than if you're a personal injury paralegal working for a law firm that does plaintiff's personal injury auto claims. All right, um, second, and this is just anatomy and medicine, watch videos online just of basic anatomy and physiology. They're free on YouTube. You can even watch surgeries like the kinds that your clients are typically getting so that you can better understand what happens, recovery time, maybe the after effects, if there's any permanent disabilities. You can also learn about broken bones and their surgeries, soft tissue injuries to the neck and back. Another thing you could do is find and keep a chart or diagram hanging up in your office of just the bones and the large muscle systems of the body. And of course, we can't forget about Google. Google is your friend. Just make sure when you're online, whenever you have a question, before you ask the lawyer, you know, what is this or what is that? 
Do a quick Google search now, but make sure that obviously it's from a reliable source. You could also jump into ChatGPT and ask, uh, what is radiculopathy? Hey, ChatGPT, what is neuropathy? All right, step number two, know your statute of limitations. The statute of limitations is a time limit that you have to be able to commence the lawsuit. And if it's not commenced within that time period, it could result in the lawsuit being dismissed by the court. If the law firm accepted the case before the statute of limitations period expired and your firm doesn't either negotiate a settlement or file a lawsuit before that expires, it could result in your law firm having a legal malpractice claim against it. That's a big deal. That's actually a huge deal. Put yourself in the client's shoes for this one. Imagine that you have a horrible disabling or disfiguring injury as a result of a bad car accident that wasn't your fault. Your law firm messes up and misses the statute of limitations, doesn't file the complaint in time. You have to live with this disability for the rest of your life without any recovery of money just because your law firm messed up. Yeah, you can bet they're going to be coming after the law firm for some money. And while this is an issue that typically is mostly concerning to the lawyers, it really affects the entire firm, including you. As a personal injury paralegal, you need to know every type of statute of limitations period, the exceptions, and memorize them for every one of your cases that haven't commenced yet. You should then remind your lawyers of those statute of limitations as they get closer to it, not just one reminder. Most personal injury firms have docketing or calendaring software that's gonna automate this process. If your firm doesn't, if you're in a small firm and you don't have access to that, then set a reminder on your calendar for 60 days out, 30 days out, 15 days out, five days out, and the day before. When each of these reminders comes up on your calendar, send the attorney a reminder email. This is not the time to worry that you're bugging the attorney too much when it comes to reminding them about the statute of limitations expiring soon. All right, number three, learn medical abbreviations. As you know, medical professionals use a lot of shorthand in their notes and in their medical charts. Some of them are obvious and others are not. All personal injury paralegals need to learn these abbreviations and the lingo to avoid making mistakes when you're summarizing these records or when you're trying to see if there could be additional records out there. Now, some of the basics like FX for fracture, DX for diagnosis, RX for prescription, HX for history. They're frequently used and that most of them seem pretty self-explanatory. But there are other abbreviations that are way less intuitive and yet you still need to be researching them and recording them in your chart. So record them somewhere in a chart that's alphabetized on your computer that you can easily pull up and have on the screen when you're reviewing or summarizing your medical records. And yes, the internet is super helpful because you can just simply do a Google search. But here's the thing. If you have to stop what you're doing to look up, even for simple abbreviations, you have to jump into Google and look it up and figure out which result you wanna click on, it's gonna take you twice as long to get that project done. Number four understand medical terminology. Different than medical abbreviations, and this is different than understanding the basics of anatomy. This is medical terminology. 
Depending on whether or not your personal injury law firm has specific injury claims that they specialize in, knowing those medical terms is going to be vital to your job duties. For example, knowing the difference between a distal fracture and a proximal fracture. That could be very important because it changes the entire location and sometimes the entire value of a case. So start yourself a cheat sheet, not just for the abbreviations, but also for medical terminology. Have it on your computer. You want to be able to have it available to you so that it's easy for you to look up. That's why I suggest having the anatomy chart on your wall. Have it within eye distance. You don't have to get up and go look at it. You can just simply be sitting at your desk, reviewing or summarizing or whatever you're doing with these medical records and look up at the wall, look at the chart, pull up your cheat sheet, and you've got all the information nearby. Number five, know how to obtain medical records quickly and efficiently. And that's the key, quickly and efficiently. Because this is a major part or major job responsibility for a personal injury paralegal. So you're going to have records from hospitals, primary care physicians, surgical groups, individual doctor's offices, maybe um, places where they had their lab work done. Knowing how to request these medical records and to get them quickly and efficiently is essential, especially when we've got a statute of limitations coming up. It's also important to ask the lawyer or lawyers that you're working with if they prefer paper or digital copies, because most of the healthcare providers now, they use digital records, and that can save your law firm time and money to get these record requests done, but maybe the attorney prefers to see them in paper, which just means you gotta take the digital and turn it into paper. Hopefully, when you start at that law firm, they already have some sort of SOP, I call it, the standard operating procedures, for most of the commonly requested providers. In other words, you typically are requesting medical records in your location from three different hospitals. There's maybe three major hospitals in your area, and you're typically requesting them from those three. Well, then you should have a file on your computer, an SOP, that says when requesting from ABC Hospital, this is what they require. When requesting from XYZ Hospital, this is what they require. And who the contact person is, what their phone number is, the email, like all of the information is right there so that you just pull it up and do what the SOP says. All right, step six, develop form letters and templates and keep improving them. Having templates and forms available is gonna make your work quicker and more efficient. Now, when you're developing these form letters, you gotta be improving them though with the advice of the lawyers that you're working with. That's gonna elevate you and your work product. This doesn't have to be some formal review that the lawyer is doing where you hand them the template and say, hey, can you look this over? It could just simply be when the lawyer's making certain edits to your letters or you know your forms and templates. When they make those edits, you incorporate them and start a new template so that now you have the template that has the edits in there. I wanna add something here because I see this far too often. You started a new firm, lucky for you, they already have forms and templates set up for most of the things that you might need to draft. 
You must look at every one of them as if they could be riddled with errors. As soon as you open that template and start to edit it to use it for whatever you need it for, it becomes your work product and you're responsible for the errors in it. So make sure that you do a thorough proofread before you're going to be able to say to the attorney, you know, oh, well, I just used that one that was in the template file. I didn't draft it myself. Those errors, they're not mine. We all know lawyers hate to hear excuses. All right, there's the six steps for you to be a rock star personal injury paralegal, or at least get you on your way to one. Now, remember, I put together a PDF for you to be able to get those other two bonuses, and they might surprise you. They're bonus steps. And look, even if you're not a personal injury paralegal, you could apply this process to your particular area. For example, if you are a construction litigation paralegal, or maybe you were a personal injury paralegal and now you've moved into construction litigation, then what terms and terminologies do you need to have a basic understanding of? Can you create a cheat sheet for those? What skills would help you become more proficient in understanding how construction projects work? Every practice area you could have this with. And I can tell you over the years, you know, I started my career in securities litigation. Then I went into antitrust litigation and multi-district litigation. And then construction litigation and products liability. And each one of those, there's different skill sets, different templates, different terminology. And what ends up happening, or at least I felt like this but towards the end of my career, is that you, you become a little expert in each of these areas. You know, I knew nothing about construction litigation and what an RFP was and the bid process. And, you know, at one point I could have told you the strength that the PSI, that the concrete had to be at for a particular size of rebar that goes into the concrete. Don't have that in my brain anymore, thank goodness, because I'm not building construction projects. But you start to become an expert in any of these areas. And it makes it very easy for a paralegal to switch from any practice area into another. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. These are just some of the important tips on how to become a rock star personal injury paralegal. If you're ready to take it to the next level, join me inside the Personal Injury Paralegal Bootcamp. Enrollment opens on October 23rd. Why isn't it open right now? As you're probably, if you're listening to this episode when it comes out, Well, like I said, I've been taking a deep dive into the course content for the past month and I'm redoing the entire course. And I'm so excited to get this new version out. So it's at personalinjuryparalegalbootcamp.com. You know, I want to read one of these reviews. I love reviews from paralegals after they take the course, especially because they're always really good. (laughs) Here's what Bailey said about the personal injury bootcamp. And this is a quote. I bought this program because I was a litigation legal assistant transferring to personal injury. It was a solo role and I was moving from a firm where I had a lot of support to a firm where I would be the lead paralegal and taking on about 50 cases solo. I wanted to have a better understanding of personal injury specifically and this program did exactly that for me. I feel so much more confident going into this new position and feel like I can bring some tricks to impress them as well. It also helped me tie my paralegal certificate program into real life experience. 
Ms. Pearson is right in saying school prepares you to know the basics, but this program applies the logic to the actual work. I love the templates that are included as well. Thank you, Bailey. All right. I will see you in two weeks. I got a great episode coming up talking more about careers, but now I'm going to go into what are some alternative career options if you've got at least a few years of paralegal experience under your belt or maybe 10 or 20? What can you use your paralegal skills and experience for to lead you in alternative career paths? All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.